Welcome to the Raw Talk with Ike Raw Podcast. This is the Raw Sports segment where I look back on the sports stories of yesterday and prepare you for the sports stories of today. I'll be joined in one minute by former candidate for Philadelphia City Council, Isaiah Thomas, uh, as we recap game one of the NBA Finals from last night. Now, uh, and other basketball news here in Philadelphia, uh, general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers, Brian Colangelo, uh, who earlier this week uh, was allegedly linked to five burner Twitter accounts, uh, has come out and said his wife is behind the Twitter uh, accounts that were sending out negative stories about the Sixers. Uh, Colangelo has told close associates that he believes he knows who is responsible for the tweets, but has insisted to those inside and outside the investigation that he had nothing to do with the postings and was unaware of them until the ringer, uh, which was a website who brought them to the Sixers attention prior to publication of the story this week, uh, league sources said. So some of the tweets took issues with uh, Joel Embiid's uh, off-court behavior. Others claimed that former center for the Sixers, Nerlens Noel, was a problem in the locker room and that Jaleel Okafor injury, a former Sixer Jaleel Okafor injury issues may have scuttled a trade to the Pelicans. Uh, there were also some mentions of uh, this year's draft pick, Markel Fultz, uh, sitting in a chair uh, taking jump shots, uh, which the tweets were saying was a bad idea, and that's maybe why Markel Fultz isn't on the floor with the Sixers. So uh, sources are saying that Brian Colangelo will likely be fired today because the investigation will be wrapped up today. Uh, so they're saying that the Philadelphia 76ers will uh, be looking for a new general manager uh, after today. So uh, that's the news with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, so now joining me to discuss game one, of the NBA Finals from last night between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors is Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, welcome back. Welcome back, sir. Appreciate you joining us again. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, um, the reason you're here, as we all know, no game one uh, was last night between the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, and the Golden State Warriors of the NBA Finals, their fourth consecutive year meeting in the Finals. So, uh, the Golden State Warriors were able to pull out the victory in overtime, 124-114, uh, despite 51 points from LeBron James. So uh, given everything that happened, especially within the last, you know, 40 seconds, you know, just give us your take on what you thought happened and, you know, what, what you seen last night. Yeah, sure. So let's just – let's start right there with what you said as far as the last 40 seconds. I mean, um, the first thing that – really stuck out to me was the fact that George Hill missed that free throw. I mean, you're talking about a guy who uh, traditionally shoots pretty well from the free throw line, who was open back door for a layup. And circumstances like this is sometimes why people are critical of LeBron because the aggressive old school basketball player doesn't necessarily want LeBron to make that pass um, to George Hill back door, even though, you know, he was open for a layup and forced Klay Thompson to foul him. Now you get George Hill going to the free throw line shooting two free throws and a pretty good free throw shooter opportunity to give him uh, the, the lead up one uh, with only a few seconds left in the game. Um, that is significant. Then, of course, the second thing that stands out was the charge call that was switched. Now, me personally, um, I believe it was a blocking foul. Um, but I think my issue is I actually agree with something to Ron Luce at postgame where he said that the play is reviewable to see if he is close to the charge circle. He wasn't close to the charge circle. You didn't have to – he wasn't even close enough to the charge circle to have to review it to see if he was close to the charge circle. So the to, even though I personally felt like LeBron was moving and it should have been a block, 
because they called the charge on the floor, the charge should have been the call. They shouldn't right. even have reviewed the call because he wasn't near that charge circle at all. And so, to me, that was a, a huge mistake by the uh, mistake by the referees uh, throughout inconsistent refereeing the entire playoffs, which is something I probably said every time I've been uh, on Raw Talk to talk about any sports issue. Uh, we've probably brought up inconsistent refereeing, and yet we've seen it again last night. Right. And what Isaiah's talking about, uh, there was a play in the game. Kevin Durant is driving to the basket, uh, 34 seconds left. Golden State's down by two. Uh, one referee calls a charge. The other ref calls a blocking foul. I do believe myself it was a blocking foul. But, you know, like you said, once you call it, the review is supposed to be, you know, were you or were you not in the restricted area? Not, you know, was it a blocking foul or a charge? You know they, I mean? they changed the rule where though they said if they go to look at if you're in the restricted area or not, they're also allowed to see if you're moving. So once they went to review it, they were allowed to see whether or not he was re- he was moving. My thing is, it wasn't it wasn't a reviewable call. Right. He was he wasn't near the charge circle. Like again, I'm not a LeBron guy. I'm not like this one of those you know LeBron is the greatest. He can't do anything wrong type people. I'm just talking straight facts. He wasn't near the charge circle. There was no need to review it. The play on the floor should have stood. Whatever they decided it was, and the game should have continued. Well, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, and that's, and that's what a lot of people don't understand because they, you know, they just think they can go to the replay just to see, you know, was he or not. Yeah, they actually can go and say, was it a charge? Was it a block? And that's what a lot of people don't understand. But, but, but be honest, they shouldn't have reviewed that play. Right. Absolutely. I agree. And, and kept the, they should have kept the game going. And those are the things that, you know, are, are, are what we're talking about when we say inconsistent referee. Yeah. You know, that's just another example of it right there. Yeah, it happened a lot throughout the game. And you go back and look on a, on a foul, you know, by Kevin Durant, which was all balled by LeBron. They called a foul. Then right after, before that, it was a foul on LeBron. Where you see uh, Looney grabbed his arm, no foul was called. So, I mean, it's just the inconsistency of the referees. And just like you said, I mean, it's something we, – we, we say this all the time, you know, in sports, because you know how we get. Like, we keep letting the refs, you know, control the outcome of the game, but sometimes they do. And what do we do about that? It's a tough situation to be in. I mean, even – you know, put my high school basketball coaching hat on. It's a problem that we see on all layers of sports. I understand why people, you know, say that they feel like uh, uh, professional games are rigged often because there's so much money on the line. And, you know, people believe that folks don't want to leave stuff for chance. Um, But when you experience, you know, inconsistent refereeing, you know, through multiple levels of basketball, you kind of see it from a different perspective when these things happen. And so for me, you know, when I see stuff, I just it's, it's just inconsistent refereeing in the NBA. They eventually they're going to have to find a way to fix it. Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, everybody's, you know, in an outrage. You know, everybody's in an uproar because of, you know, um, J.R. Smith dribbling out the 3.5 seconds of the final 4.7. Oh, that was a bad play. Right, right. Play. And he's, he's came out this morning, well, last night and said, I knew we were tied. I thought we were going to call a timeout. I mean, my thing is, why didn't you call a timeout? I think that was a saving face statement. You know what I mean? I think, I, th- I mean, I, he clearly didn't know they were tied. Right. I, I mean, he's J.R. Smith. If he knew it was tied, he's going for the game winning shot himself. Right. He's giving it to LeBron. He's J.R. Smith. He's he's known for taking bad shots. Right. And, you know, to be honest, when he got the rebound, I thought they were up one because I started cheering. Yeah, J.R., yeah, J.R., good rebound. I, I didn't even realize they were tied. And that's how I, I knew mean, it. 
I, I, and again, that's, you know, I knew, I knew they were tied and, you know, it, it, he, he has to be more in, in tune to what's going on. Absolutely. He is not the first time he's made that mistake or a mistake like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that, that overshadowed a great game by LeBron 51, 88. I mean, the man was playing incredibly. I mean, the Cavs should have won this game. There's no reason in the world. They should not be up one. No, right now. No, I, I actually disagree. I think the Warriors should have won the game. I think the Cavs had the opportunity to steal it. And I think between some of their mistakes as well as the referees' mistakes, it just didn't happen. The Warriors were supposed – if the Cavs win this game, it hurts the Warriors more than it helps the Cavs. You know, the Warriors, they, they didn't shoot the highest percentage from three-point line, but they got a lot of clean looks that they might not get throughout the course of the rest of the series. The oh, Warriors, yeah, go ahead, my bad. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, the Warriors, you know, I know they're shorthanded as it relates to um, not not having uh, Iguodala, but the Cavs, their rhythm is getting better and better. And so for me, I I, I think that was a really, it was an important game. Um, we're going to look back at this game because they're going to be a blowout. We know that. There's mm-hmm. going to be a blowout. It's just, it's inevitable when you play Golden State. They're going to have that game where they're just on fire. And there's nothing you can do about it. And so when we look back at this game and we look at it as one that the, the Cavs could have stole, um, you know, again, we'll, 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 we'll say we'll say multiple things. I mean, but right. I think, unfortunately, the J.R. Smith play will be the play that most mm. folks highlight. Yeah, I mean, I really, I, I think the Cavs controlled the pace a lot. I mean, they were playing. I mean, I, it just was one of those games where you look back like, oh, just like you said, the Cavs winning that game would have made, you know, would have helped them more than the Golden State winning the game with them more for them, absolutely, because I don't think right. they can recover from this. It'll be tough. I mean, because, you know, it's – can you get a better game from LeBron? Right. And Kevin Love, 21-13. to 13. I mean, you can get a better game from Kevin Love. You can get a better game from Jeff Green. But will they all play good on the same day? You know, that's, it's, that's it's, 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 it's it's tough. And it's it's tough to beat this Warriors team. And you can't – it's certain mistakes that you – unfortunately, you just can't make. Yeah. I mean, you got Steph with 29, Clay with 24. When he came back, Clay, you know, was everybody thought he wasn't going to come back in. He came back with 24. KD had 26. So, I mean, just like you said, the Warriors shot 13 for 36 from three-point range. Are they going to do that in game two? No. If it, it depends. I mean, I think the reason that you, you know, they again, the Warriors do shoot a lot of threes, but I think Cleveland got away with giving than they want to. And right. Not really necessarily burning them. I think it was times when the Warriors could have put that game away and those guys missed clean looks at threes. Perry missed clean looks at threes. Right. And I don't think that happens again. Um, um, I, I just don't, I, I don't think it, I don't think it, I, I shouldn't say that. It could happen again. <laughs> the key is Cleveland really got to not give up those clean looks. Like, if Cleveland is serious about having an opportunity to try to beat these guys, they just can't get those type of clean looks. That really is the key for Cleveland to be able to put themselves in a the position to win. Yeah, because uh, Clay was 5 for 10 from 3, Steph was 5 for 11, and KD was 1 from 7. I don't think they're going to shoot that bad again. I mean, especially on the type of looks that they got. And then you know, we're looking at where we are. I, I I really do think that the Warriors will win still in five or six. And I do think Steph will be the MVP. I think right now he's a lot more comfortable than Durant out there. As right. you look at 
um, the flow of offense and how he's really playing on both ends of the floor. I mean, LeBron's going at him, you know, uh, uh, at least 35% of the time that LeBron's driving to the paint is directly at Steph Curry, which has to be fatiguing. I, I wonder sometimes, you know, why don't they guard the screen roll different? It frustrates me to watch how easily they switch and how frequently they switch. I would like to see some trap of the screen roll. Get the ball. I know LeBron's a good passer, but when you trap it, you limit his options. When you right. don't trap it, you allow him to freely do whatever he wants to do, and that's why you get 51-8-8 because he chose to destroy you in the paint. If you trap it, you're saying, okay, Brian, you're going to have to beat us you know, with 15 or 16 assists. And, you know, to me, I understand the logic as far as not wanting to let the other score, but LeBron is good enough to beat you by himself. Right. Absolutely. He showed that. Yeah. Well, in closing, we got game two on Sunday. So uh, what do you look forward from the Cavs and the Warriors in game two uh, Sunday night? I'm thinking game two is going to be a blowout. Um, Either the Warriors will come out, you know, gunslinging, and, and blow the Cavs out. I think there's a small chance that the Cavs come through um, and, and, and maybe get some shots up early. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a blowout. 80% chance the Warriors blow the Cavs out. 20% chance the Cavs blow the Warriors out. And um, I think, um, you know, again, eventually it'll be Warriors in, in five, six at the most, and, and Curry's the MVP. Well, there you have it. Uh, Warriors in five or maybe six. Uh, you heard it here from Isaiah Thomas. Uh, give the people your info. Let them know what's going on and, you know, what's happening with you. Sure. So uh, my Twitter is Candidate Thomas. Um, on Facebook, again, is Isaiah Thomas, I-S-A-I-A-H. And on Instagram, Isaiah Thomas felt the same way, the number four in uh, Philly. And I'm excited, man. I think um, I think the one thing that uh, game one and the two game sevens gave us was a good close basketball. I just don't see that happening in game two because of how um, – you know, either the Warriors would be too much on the high or the Cavs would be too much on the low. Yeah, I'm I agree. excited, man. Great yeah, game. absolutely. I think that was a great game last night, you know, for the game one of the finals. Yep, yep. Great game. Well, we appreciate you coming through, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, once again, uh, this has been the Raw Talk with Ike Raw Sports segment. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the Raw Talk with Ike Raw podcast on the Anchor app. Uh, you know, listen whatever you want to listen on whatever podcast affiliate. Uh, Ike Raw on Twitter is Ike Raw 1977. Uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and all that is at North Philly Ike Raw. So we'll be back uh, Monday morning to discuss game two. Uh, until next time, we'll see you then.